Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron, and today I have Heather Barron and Michelle Gorossi from Luminous Life, which is a online community for life coaching and soul support for the busy woman. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. It's awesome to be here. So today we're going to talk about uh, speaking up and how hard, maybe, how easy, Mm. takes courage. Um, cause speaking up is hard to do. So is breaking up, but yeah. apparently sometimes <laughs> breaking up is singing. easier than speaking up. <laughs> of course you have to speak up. up to break up. Yeah. And sometimes we break up because we don't speak up. <laughs> don't exactly. want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes when you see something ethically questionable or at work or among your friends, you see something that doesn't feel right or seem right. Do you speak up? Do you not speak up? Do you, you know, risk not having those friends or being the person at work that, you know, will never shut up? Which is kind of me, but um, (laughs) this isn't about me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or you disagree with, you know, your boss or another coworker or something. So tell me a time when you guys spoke up either in a job relationship that didn't go well. Mm. I've got one. Yeah, I'm right off it. the bat. Well, in my you know twenties and thirties, I wouldn't have spoken up. Uh, but once I hit forty, something clicked, <laughs> and it was right about the time that uh, Mr. Trump got elected, President Trump got elected, and um, I started speaking up online. Because I was too nervous to do it face to face, so I started writing it uh, on Facebook, mm-hmm. and it was mostly to my own lovely family family members. Um, and I got unfriended from a lot of family, just because our views were so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really felt good, yeah. even though the first time I did it, I was shaking. I felt myself get hot. I started sweating. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I still hit post and. And after it was all said and done, even though I had to, I argued a little bit back and forth online, it still felt like so good mm-hmm. to be like, no, that's not right. Or, you know, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. And just to express that you had a position. Yes. Right. And they didn't agree with it. And, and that was okay. I learned that that was okay. They don't have to agree with me. They can be mad at me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine. It's fine if people are mad at you. I never really realized that before. Right. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. People get over it. It's don't fine. have to keep everybody your friend for... <laughs> you don't have to please yeah. everyone. Right. At all costs. Yeah. Right. It felt real good. <laughs> I guess that turned out good. That didn't answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's okay. We'll take Sorry. that one. <laughs> My family was really mad at me. So it was, it was bad for them. It was but well, good it was for you. really hard. Like it you had a physical difficult. reaction that you could have been like, oh, that's terrifying and not post it. Like you yes. could have, and I'm sure, have there been any other times where you chose not oh. to say something because you, you know, you stopped at that fear? Definitely. I mean, every time before then, that's literally the first time that I pushed through the fear and the shaking and the, you know, the bad feelings to just still say what I thought, right? which was not going to make, you know, the other person happy. 
And then when there was that resistance, you didn't take it down. Correct. So you didn't back down. I didn't back way. down. Yeah. I pushed harder, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it's be- a big part of it is because I wasn't face-to-face with them. So the right. internet allowed right. that yeah. option. Fair enough. Gotta love social you know. media. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. But you know what? That led to, I was able to write it and got through that. And then, and then I was able to speak it and, mm. you know, it, so that initial thing, yes, yeah. it just came in little steps. And now I feel like, you know, I could say what I really want to say to whoever I want to say it to. And right. it's going to be okay because even if they're mad, even if they get angry, it's, right. it's still okay. People can be angry with me. It's right. fine. Yeah. Not that I don't care, but I'm okay with it. Right. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not first been able to. I, I mean, I would go into my notes on my phone and write everything out. I would think about it for a couple of days. I would really research my points, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then so I there's would a process it. to this. This yeah. wasn't like you were right. just speaking up at I, that right. moment. You thought about it, and there was a process. So yeah. that right. that's kind of huge. That's too. how I. Yeah, that's how I learned that I had a voice and that. Uh, I, you know, people didn't have to agree with me and I didn't have to agree with them and it's still okay. It's, everything mm-hmm. is okay still. So you say you found your voice when you were 40. So did you grow up with strong role models? Obviously, no, if you didn't find your voice until you were 40. Yeah, no. My family's pretty, uh, they were on the conservative side. They were on the traditional side, meaning, I mean, I, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I can't say the women just stayed at home. That's not what I mean, but... Um, the women were subservient kind of to the men folk in the family. And, uh, my grandmother really was the only one who kind of would say what she meant. And, uh, I looked to her for that. My mm-hmm. mom, you know, she struggled with that a little bit. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, until Heather came along and she said what she wanted <laughs> And I was like, what? You could do that? Who is this unicorn? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I didn't know we could say what we want or say what we mean. That's a thing? Okay. <laughs> so I did kind of see that in you. Yeah. Not really in my family too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I grew right. up trying to please older, everyone. Yeah. The I grew older up just models. Yeah. going through... Uh, just so, just I just didn't want anyone to be mad at me. Right. That was my main goal. Yeah. Get along with everyone, you know. And even make everybody happy, make them right. feel good. You know, that's kind of a personality thing. That is my personality, yeah. I'm, it is. If someone's personal. unhappy, I'm unhappy. So my goal is to make everyone happy so right. that I can be happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very selfish <laughs> It doesn't feel selfish at the time, but yes, it is definitely self-serving. <laughs> So what about you, Heather? Did you have an experience that was actually bad? Um, well, again, I think most of those have been, uh, most of the situations where I have spoken up and used my voice are terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that come to mind for me, not so much in expressing that I have a different belief to somebody, but mine have been more in the sexual harassment realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably because I've always been a think for myself and like, well, I don't know that I really totally agree with that. So tell me more about why you feel that way. And I'll say, oh, that's my experience has been this. And that is really helpful for 
I use my voice, mm-hmm. but it still makes room for other people's voice. They just, I don't let them run me over right. with mm-hmm. it. And somehow, at the end of the conversation, we still usually respect each other. I haven't gotten post being a sociology major and going home and telling my parents, did you know people are starving all over the world and why are we letting this happen? Um, Other than that, when that just would shut my family down, I learned that if I made room for people to speak without having to make them wrong for me to be right, Mm -hmm. that I could just speak from my own experience of like, oh, that's interesting because my experience is these things and, you know, so this is why I believe this. Um, but, but a specific story comes to mind for me where there was a lot of risk involved in speaking up and like physical safety kind of feeling Uh of, uh, I worked for a a mountaineering company on a really big mountain in the United States and they had the only, uh, contract on the mountain for having their guide company up. And Uh there were very few women that were part of it. And it was very much the, the old, old boys club with a lot of young men Uh But that sort of mentality of of women having a place and I cooked for them, so that <laughs> instantly reinforced that I had to hike, what is it, 4,000 feet and five miles to get to where I cooked. So I had some level of, you know, respect from the guys, but really you were just there just feeding them. Right. And then running sort of the rescue radio or um, being the relay person when they were um, climbing uh, the glaciers to get to the top. Um, but there, uh, the older guides had been there sometimes 20, 25 years and mm-hmm. had so much history climbing, like, you know, Everest and Denali and these mountains, they had proved their merit in the mountaineering mm-hmm. world, which is a very small world. <laughs> and those guys seemed untouchable. Mm-hmm. And the space that we cooked in was a very tiny, sh- I call it a shoe box, like a glorified shoe box. <laughs> So when people came in, when I was cooking, there'd be a lot of physical, like you would brush each other. Um, there wasn't a way not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one guide who just for some reason, and most of the women who had been in that position from the women that I'd met were very young, like not girls who spoke up for themselves, but they kind of like wanted to be liked by the guides and wanted to be, you know, cute mm-hmm. and and I wasn't. I was 29. I turned 29 on the mountain, and I had just come out of a divorce and right. was really finding my voice <laughs> in new ways. And and there was a guy who did not like me um, for some reason, and he, he was one of those old guard guides. Mm-hmm. And at some point, he physically, like my hands were unavailable to protect myself, and he like made... He physically like put his arms around me and touched my breasts when I couldn't and then made it like it was an accident. And he would say things to me that were very demeaning of like trying to make me small, like to show my place in this weird pecking order. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it got to the point where I was just really frustrated and there weren't a lot of women in this whole company. And so I was in the office just talking and I was like, God, what about that guy, man? Like... I had said, you will not touch me like that. Mm. I used my voice, but it was terrifying. I was shaking and I felt this sense of vulnerability mm-hmm. that I was not used to feeling because I was not one of those little girls you could like mm-hmm. physically force around. I was strong right. and you know, you just people just didn't generally mess with me that way. 
I'd had other situations where I'd been sexually harassed, but I'd always stood up for myself in mm-hmm. one way or another. But um, but in this situation, it was like a job thing, you know. Like right. this this guy had been around for a long time, and those guys were pretty untouchable. And I said this in the office, and was so surprised by the woman's response. She said, "Would you be willing to file a report?" And I was like, "Whoa, excuse me." She said, "You are one of many women who have yeah. had this complaint." Wow. And I said, are you serious? How is he still working here? Oh, because none of them are willing to file a report. I said, give me a piece of paper and a pen and tell me what I need to write down. Good for you. Yeah. And I did. And he was fired the next day. Wow. Fantastic. And this is all way before Me Too and like movements of like, oh crap, if we keep these people on, we could get sued. You know, this was old guard. Yeah. Well, nobody wanted to come up because... Who was going to believe him or who was going right. mean, to... That's, ter- that's terrifying. Right. Well, and you're up there by yourself. Right. What'd you do to with deserve With these that? lead guides, blah, blah, blah. with no witnesses, Ugh. no... Right. Yeah. So your sense of physical vulnerability, is it was very clear. So anyways, that was terrifying to mm-hmm. me. And yet when I needed to actually follow through on it, I surprised myself with how quickly. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, tell me, I don't care if I make enemies. I'm like... For me, it was the young women who were going to come after me right. who weren't. And to hear so many girls had said that yeah. but weren't willing, I was like, well, if I don't do it, who's going to? And that's what it's all about. I mean, speaking up regardless of what the situation is, it's definitely, in a way, the ones that come after you. Right. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean have to do about you. Right. It's trying to protect those that are going to be there in your shoes later on that could be right. subjected to the same thing. Mm-hmm. But has there ever been a situation where you should have spoken up but didn't because only of, a million yeah, <laughs> yeah that sure. you wanted to but you couldn't because of the circumstance or the people involved or then how did you handle that? Hmm. I can think of just one right off the top of my head. It was in the workplace. And it was with a bunch of... I was the only... Well, one of the only... Let's see. There were two women. I was the leader of the group. And the rest of it... The rest of the team was a bunch of men, old-timers who'd been there for a while. And, oh man, they would say the rudest things and just belittle Mm. you know the women and just had this air of superiority about them and you know my uh supervisors were all men (laughs) and so I didn't feel like I could bring that to their attention it was just you you deal with it and you move on it's not nobody cared nobody cared about it just get the job done who cares what people are saying so, yeah, I never spoke up, even though I knew that they were probably doing this to all the women, basically, in this place. And in their lives. Especially the young women. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially the younger women. And it was so frustrating. Yeah, I moved out of that uh, position fairly quickly because mm-hmm. I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. Um, but I didn't say anything because I felt that I couldn't. I just left. Right. I just moved. Right. And I feel bad for whoever came after me whatever female came after me uh because i know she had to put up with a lot i mean there's so many situations like that where if you don't have at least one supportive person in your you know circle it's so hard to say something right 
it's terrifying. If you don't have backup, you know, yeah, or somebody. Yeah, at least one person, man or woman, who will say, I believe you. Yeah, that guy's a jerk or whatever, mm, you know. Right. Let's do something about it. No, right. there was none of that. And that's frustrating. And I didn't say anything. Because right. I felt like nothing would come of it. Right. And, and that's just it. If you don't think anything's going to happen. Right. Right. People aren't going to be held accountable. Then you're like, why am I even going to bother yeah. saying anything? Maybe that one person that does say something, you know, maybe for you, <clears throat> excuse me, in that circumstance, it just wasn't for you. But yet, that moment. you know, yeah. so th- you made the decision that was best for the circumstances at the in time. Now, had right. I been 40, <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. I would have stomped yeah. everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> And that's been, I think, the power of me too. Like two simple words, right. where somebody's saying, "Yeah, you're not alone." Mm-hmm. Like I think for like you, you're talking about a time where it's like to you just did that, and it was self-preservation. Right. Even if it wasn't just your job, it was you have to walk out to the parking lot by yourself. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, or. Being in a town where you run into these people all the time, you know, are you going to run into them when you want to get a better paying job? Right. Are you like your sense of self-preservation? But me too, is that I'm speaking up with you mm-hmm. because I'm tired of this actually being the norm. Right. You know? and, and it so, goes, it, and it's not just about sexual harassment. No. It's about, you know, being treated, you know, being looked down on. Right. By your boss or a right. boss you know, doesn't promote you mm-hmm. because a, another male right. is who has the same qualifications as you and the same right. experience is the one that gets promoted. Right. So it's those, you know, or if you're just walking down the street <laughs> and you see something, you know, a, a person treating another person who you don't even know. Right. It's like, do you say something right. or you right. just walk by and just let, you know, let it happen how it's going to happen right. i mean that's a tough one because yeah. you know you don't want to really get in people's business right you don't really know what's going on yeah and yeah, are you going to jeopardize female, your physical your you know, physical safety you're going right. to get in, you know right. in trouble or hurt or whatever right. so right. you know that's that's really hard to make that decision in that quick of a right a moment so i think the me too thing also is so helpful because you know there's a lot of really great people out there, men out there who have absolutely no idea that this happens because just, they don't do it. They don't <laughs> yeah. they don't live right. in that space. Right. They don't live in the space where, you know, we were just talking about this where you walk with your keys between your fingers out in the parking lot because mm-hmm. you don't know who's behind you or who's watching you and, you know, you, you have to lock your doors and you have to, you know, there's all these extra little things that you constantly have to be aware of if you're a woman because you can be physically attacked so easily and right right uh, it's nice that something like Me Too and, you know, various other movements are bringing to light the fact that, yeah, maybe watch out for, you know, this particular thing or at least understand right. that women see it from a, a completely different perspective and just, you know, be aware. You right. can be aware of these things. And if you see it happening, be an ally and say something to a fellow, right. to a friend that's right. like, right. hey, don't say things like that right. to her or whatever 
Yeah. Or even just asking, is everything okay is here? That, can yes. often break it enough for somebody. Because when we're thinking right, about it right. in terms of it's not my business, mm. we are also trained to think other people are going to think that way. And so if we are somebody who is not making a great choice in how we are treating another human being, mm-hmm. regardless of why we think we can act that way, somebody humanly say you know bringing that humanity to the situation of is everything okay here Mm -hmm. and just even asking that question i've i've asked that question a number of times and usually because i can't live with my so this is what it's come to of like (laughs) me not using my voice right and living with the what if i had said something or what what happened when i walked away or what i i just have gotten to this point where it's worse mm-hmm. the shaking that happens when I walk away yes. having done nothing mm-hmm. yes. than to just ask a question. Just to, and I usually in my own mind, I'm like, okay, love, here we go. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing this by myself, but the forces of love, the, <laughs> the force of, of what I call divine love, like, I need something big with me right now. Just like, yeah. this is something is not right. Yeah. And I'm here, and that's not an accident. So my voice is needed. Mm-hmm. And yes. when I come, like now I live my life in that way, it just happened. It, like, it's like I can't stop it. Right. That's great it just though. comes out and I'm like, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> what happens next? <laughs> it's like, but there's always, and then I walk away and that shaking kicks in of like, oh my gosh, you could have gotten right. da, 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 da. But that's fine. Yeah. I'm good with that shaking. You're willing to take that yeah. risk. Because we're not, I came from that you know, that world of, that's not my business. Don't you say a word. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not the world I live in anymore. I have changed that. Now it's, everything is my business. Yeah. And I, if I see something shady or sketchy going down with, especially with a woman, yeah. Or I'm children. probably going to say something, mm-hmm. you know, my poor husband. Oh, God. It's like, <laughs> don't get me in a fight, babe. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But I also think that speaking up is like a, an important form of honesty yeah. and that, you know, honesty builds trust, you know, especially if they're, it's like tactful and with empathy, right. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation. It's like a lot of times what you say is what a ton of other people have been wanting to say. Right. So yes. you're just that tool. The conduit. The voice box. Yeah, the conduit. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. For a lot of people. So... Um, there was some kids out front here and they were, it was like 830 at night and they were playing their bass a little too long and loud. <laughs> and, you know, I give them a few minutes. Yeah. I know. Like they just pulled up, whatever. Right. They're getting out of the car, but it was a little too long for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So I wouldn't like. This is like half scaredy cat, half brave person. <laughs> so I walk out to the porch and, you know, I'm just kind of standing there, kind of watching them, whatever. And there's a woman, a girl standing in the, the driver's side doors open and the trunk's open, which is why you can hear their woofers mm-hmm. so well. <laughs> Project. And so I whistle like really loud. And you can do that? I can. Oh, I would do it. So I don't want to blow people's ears. superpower. amazing. And... Oh my God, it was like, it was like the whole world just went silent (laughs) and they just kind of looked over at me. Granted, I'm on my porch and they're across the street. So, you know, they probably don't even know what I look like, thank God. (laughs) But, um, 
they kind of looked at me and I'm like, can you, you know, can you turn that down or off? And he's like, oh, it's not even, you know, nine o'clock yet. And I said, I don't give a shit what time it is. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Turn it off. (laughs) Have some respect. Well, they turned it off and they haven't done it since. So, you know. (laughs) But then later on, I'm like, I should probably take a picture of their car and their license plate in case anything (laughs) happens to me. You know, so it's like, oh shit, what did I just do? And did you, you just made an enemy. No, they probably never thought about it after that night. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you know, you you gotta pick your battles. Right. And I mean, apparently that point. night was my it was my battle. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. That is a good point. It doesn't have to always be something major. Right. Even the little things. Right. It's hard to, to unless you have that mindset. It's hard to come into that. You know, yeah. to right. say to say what you want or to say what you like or to say what you don't like. Right. Why or is that even... so hard? Yeah. yeah. Ever, it seems like, I don't know. It seems like most people can do it. Just from my point of view, hmm. everyone else can do it. Why can't I do it? That's yeah. not true, obviously. But right. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what it feels like, you know, yeah. especially when you're young, 20s, 30s, whatever, and everybody is. Uh, you know, talking. What? Right. You could do that? What do you mean you don't right. like that? I can't believe you just said that. He doesn't like that. Why did you say that? Now he doesn't, now he's in a bad mood. Right. And you're, right. But I don't know how you come into it. Mine just was clicked. Mine yeah. just clicked. I was just like, mm, I'm tired of this and I'm just going to say what I want to say now. And right. it's okay. Whatever happens is okay. Right. I Even mean, as far stuff. as me, I think I could be a little more tactful. <laughs> And what I say, but you know, that's one thing, that, you know, that's, you know, my life lesson is <laughs> right. how to be tactful. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, I kind of think before I speak, yeah. you know, 80% of the time now. Um, <laughs> that's so. pretty good. I mean, yeah, know, that's for, actually a high percentage. For any human, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I found um, one of the things that has helped me to come into my voice is to realize and recognize that everybody else has one, and I want others to, you know, the Marianne Williamson quote about, like, when you show, when you, you're giving other people permission Mm -hmm. by showing up, and that there's a way to just say whatever the hell you want, and there's a way to say what you need and what you'd like, and and finding language for that, and Mm -hmm. things that have helped me is to to not only think about what I want to say, I mean, writing it down can really be helpful, as yes. mm-hmm. especially as you're finding your voice, yes. to decide what is just bothering me from a personality perspective. Mm-hmm. What's just like, eh, you know, like the nails <laughs> on the chalkboard. Yeah. And what it, what do I actually need in this situation? And sometimes I need to be humble and I need to remember what it was like to be a teenager or whatever, you know. Right, like, right, right. But then sometimes there are... I have a need. Like, if this is something with the music that, like, you're probably not the only one, mm-hmm. like you were saying, that is being bothered by this, and to just say, hey, can you turn that down? Right. Well, see, I didn't do matter. that. I could have gone across the street, <laughs> and no. that's what I'm talking about being tactful. Right. I took, you know, the coward's <laughs> way out voice. and whistled from across the street. <laughs> I wouldn't call that cowardly. No, I wouldn't call that no. either. No. I wouldn't call it that either at all. And that sense of, like, there's developing your voice, and then there's learning how to communicate. Yeah. And those those are not always the same thing, and they're both super important. Right. And so, to you, you're not 100% revolved because you 
resolved because you said, like, this is 50% scared again. <laughs> you know, like, so your self-perception of that was, like, you know, a little bit. But just saying, like, okay, so I could have gone across the street and just said, hey, you know, I just want a little bit of peace because of my job. Like, could you turn this down or would you turn it off? Or I know that, you know, so-and-so next door, whatever. Right. Where we enter into those conversations with each other. But, you know, we're in the Bay Area. Everybody's personal space is so finite. (laughs) It's like, you know, having a car that you can listen to because you can't in your house. You know, they're not (laughs) thinking necessarily of how they're affecting others. And you just gave them a mirror to say, listen, (laughs) this needs to stop. But when we get curious about like each other and use like in the communication side of things, not just finding our voice, but like what's been helpful to me is to be curious, genuinely curious mm-hmm. over needing to be right. Like to get curious about the world that another person is then helps them to find their voice and then we can have a discussion. Mm-hmm. But that like asking those questions or saying something like the story I'm telling myself is that you just don't give, you know, a shit about anybody around here because of the way that you're blaring your music and like I'm imagining you're a better person than that. <laughs> you don't need to do that with every conversation. I was going to say but I don't just, know how that would have gone if I went over. Right. <laughs> right. I sen- I'm sensing I'm some sensing sort and of my feelings like... are being yeah, no. We don't need to do that with everything. <laughs> But just, you were talking about, like, not those big things that are, like, the, okay, something's got to change right now. But how do we do that in, you know, relationships with each other? How do we speak up when we're like, you know, actually, I'm not okay with how this is going down. Or something is off for me. Just, like, we need to talk this through because that's how I process is out loud, you know, or whatever. That's a really good point. That makes me think of when you finally, like, evolve into the thinking of, well, what's my intention? And how do I get there mm-hmm. it's not just by yelling at this person and it's right. not just by how what's my intention how do i want this to end up and what's the best way for me to end up there and <laughs> that makes a huge difference when you're just you know are you intending to go somewhere or are you just trying to get your anger out or are you just trying to yell at someone or are you just trying to make yourself be heard like well i right. think it's important sometimes to take the emotional Part out of it mm, yeah because then you can come across more like what heather was saying you can have more of a conversation than mm-hmm. what instead of just blurting out you know whatever you're feeling at that point yes. or at that time yeah. so a lot of times you know if you take the emotional part of it out it's not yeah. so like energized or so like right. yeah. yeah well and that's what's happening right now is so many people in a, I mean, it's good that people are finding their voices, but what we're hearing is a lot of just like, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. This mm-hmm. is how I feel. Okay, that's great. But I think voice is more than just, I have, I want to say these words. It's, it's learning about like who we are and how my voice is different to yours and how we need all these voices to get mm-hmm. to where we need to get to as humankind, you know, as a planet and um, without destroying ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so just having that sense with each other that voice voices well who am i but without self-reflection you cannot figure out who that is mm-hmm. you're just a bunch of opinions that's and that true. is not true voice right your voice has to come from that place where it's that combination of all that you are not mm-hmm. just your head and your opinions and your education versus somebody else's head opinions and education and experience because we're never going to agree in those places or even just be able to have a dialogue Right. And still totally disagree. Right. But without just sh- shouting over each other. And I think there's confusion about that being voice. And a lot of people don't 
either don't know what self-reflection is or don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's key. It's key. Yeah, we're just reacting yeah. to things instead of, I do, I care so much about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Thinking yeah. about it. Right. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their story right. and their experience. And how I react to somebody could be totally different than how you guys react to that person in the right. same circumstance. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. But, you know, like Heather said, it's like, you know, going up and being like, is everything okay here? You right. know, yeah. and letting them tell you instead of you going up to them, making assumptions and thinking that you know what's going on. Right. Because you, you're just perceiving what's happening. Right. You don't, you weren't there five, ten minutes beforehand to see what, yeah. you know, what happened. And a lot of our reactions are, I'm uncomfortable, make my discomfort stop. Yes. Yeah. So you, what you are doing is making me uncomfortable. It needs to stop because I can't be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, it, things are good for a lot of people in a way where we can seek out being comfortable all the time. Not everybody. A right. lot of people can't. But I think at this point in history, we have a lot more people who can than ever before in our country Like mm-hmm. to be able to, to be comfortable, to not have to listen, like put on your noise-canceling headphones or to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. We can close out the worlds of others so that when we come into contact, that it's almost that much more, you know, just like so much more annoying and grating mm-hmm. when we can't make something stop. And, and nobody so, can handle being uncomfortable. <laughs> Right, right. You know, like you're it's making uncomfortable me uncomfortable. being uncomfortable. God, <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Ugh, worse. Just make it stop. <laughs> yeah. and so becoming aware of just like what is me just uncomfortable with this? Like, what would it take for me to walk across the street and be like, wow, that is a tricked up trunk? Yeah, right. going on. Like that is. <laughs> That and, of is, course, I always think of that after the fact. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why that sense of being curious, like, yeah. I get pissed off all the time. And people, like, well, I mean, I live with 11 teenagers full time. And so it's like, yeah. I get annoyed constantly. And no, there, And on. almost every year that I've been at this school, like, I'm in my fourth year with these teenagers, that, like, I've noticed there's a big difference when, okay, I'm really irritated right now, and I could just walk out and be like, why for the fifth time in a row when I've told you? <laughs> because I'm uncomfortable with the bass playing outside of my right. apartment, yeah. and it's my day off, and I was trying to sleep, yeah. versus you know, walking out and noticing like they're having a really fun moment together and these kids are stressed out all the time about like what they're trying to figure out and what their future holds and right. what, you know, and just walking out and being like, I see you guys are having such an awesome time. Remember how like I stayed up until two o'clock this morning? So I'm trying to take a nap. Can right. you turn it down? Yeah. And they're like, oh, Heather, I'm so sorry. The approach makes a huge Their difference. intention yeah. is yeah. not to make me right, right. uncomfortable. And they're teenagers or their kids or like they're blowing off steam, right? Right. And so that sense of curiosity of like, okay, why might they be doing this? I'm not going to start with they're just trying to annoy me. Right. <laughs> they're just trying a to make reaction. me complain another yeah. time. What point am I trying to get to? I'm trying to get to their being quiet so yeah. I can sleep. Yeah. If I go out there that way, then it creates the tension that the next time I'm on, they're like, you know, they're just like shunning me and like, right. oh, she's just always nagging us. Yeah. And that's exactly their experience of me. 
Right. I'm always nagging them. I don't show interest in the fact that the song they had had on was an awesome. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not being curious about them. Right. And when I start with that, like, I'm irritated right now. How can I bring curiosity to this situation instead of just, I'm right, you're wrong, stop what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a very different experience of the world. Can you think of that in the moment? Okay, I need to stop. I need to get curious about this instead of just... It's a practice. Oh, I have to. Yeah, I, so like, write it right? down. Yeah. I write it. It's on, oh, like, man. pause for curiosity is written oh, on my mirror. It. because I write like, it on all my walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to spray paint it on all yes. our walls. <laughs> yes, I call this the power of the pause. Like, okay, I'm really, I'm about to, like, just... Make it stop. I'm about to walk out the door and like, I have to stop. Take a breath. Feel my feet on the ground. Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. this practice all the time. Feel my feet on the ground. Okay, what is really going on for me right now? I'm really tired. Okay, rest will help me feel less tired. Okay, what needs to stop? The noise is too loud. Okay, why might it be loud? (laughs) Okay, okay. Three weeks later. Right, you think so, but because it's a practice, I can do it in a half a second, and I just go, okay. And do I do it all the time? No, I fail constantly. I yell at people all the time, <laughs> but then I have to do so much more right. damage control yes. yeah, exactly. Gosh, that I come true. back to being selfish and like, I don't want to spend time on that anymore. Yeah. If I pause, a pause takes just, it takes 30 seconds the first time mm-hmm. until you start building it to a practice of like, okay, just take a breath. Yeah. It's a practice. You get better at it. Come back to your breath. Oh. Everything's okay. Nobody's about to get eaten by the lion. You don't need to go out <laughs> guns blazing. Right? My sense right. of self-preservation and protect everybody else can just calm down. Chill just out. ask a question. Yeah. That's powerful, though. To it just is. pause. Totally. Just pause. Think yeah. about it for a moment and approach it differently. Right. And guns a-blazing. Well, in that Because practice, there is damage control, for sure. Oh, there is. Yeah. yeah. And you're probably not going to want to go talk to them now well, since no. there isn't a problem because <laughs> you kind of feel halfway bad about the way you did it. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, but you live in a community with them. Yeah. So this is how we avoid moments where we can actually create connection, which is what everybody is really, really yeah. craving. Yeah. And what we need as a culture is to see each other yeah. and be seen. But that sense of pause, breathe, okay, now respond. That Those are the three words for me. Pause, breathe, respond. Mm-hmm. And it stops it from being a reaction usually, yeah. and it makes it a response. And that people can enter into with you. Yeah. That we can find compromises in. How do we live together that's powerful right. yeah. it is it's been one of the most powerful practices for me for sure I call it my PBR you know I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a drinker so that's my my PBR that's awesome. my pause breathe response alright so PBR, PBR. <laughs> if you needed a sponsor Kathy go okay <laughs> this is better bleep out PBR until they start paying you pause breathe respond <laughs> it's kind of like CPR on first day <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you both being on, and I think it's a lot of good points that a lot of us can start to practice and think about, and it's all about the delivery, like Michelle said, and the reaction, damage control. (laughs) Do you want damage control, or do you want to be able to talk to them the next time you see them? You know, so I think it's important, and we do want to be seen. Everybody does, but we also have to realize that 
that person you're speaking with also wants to be seen. Yes. So it's not yes. just about us yeah. wanting to be seen. Yeah. It's a two-way street. Yeah. So yeah. room for everybody's voice. Absolutely. Yeah. So PBR. PBR. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> thank you, Cass. This thank was fun. Thank you. <laughs> it was fun. And thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbassiani. You can find him at mikeimbassiani.com. 